Empty Man with a question for you. Have you ever felt driven to do something you knew was wrong, but just couldn't help yourself and yet did it anyway? I don't know. How responsible were you for your actions when the proverbial hit the fan? We're going to address these issues and more coming up on this week's Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Are you ready, Spaghetti? Gotta get cute this morning. Sweeter than a morning snack. Guess who would like some brew? Oh, and make that coffee black. Welcome one and all to the great reality here at the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with Tony J. Morning, y'all. Bruce H. Morning. Marvar. Howdy. And of course, me. Come on, G-Man. I'm snazzy as a Cadillac. I'm up, so grab your cup and let's have coffee. Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. <laughs> Make that coffee black. Yes. Mine is actually black today, too. It is? I need it. It is black today. And next next week, we are actually going to play the entire four-minute song, Coffee Black. It's four minutes? It's four minutes. Wow. But we're not going to play it at the beginning. We're going to play it at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've, 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 got, I've gotten six emails just in the last month wanting to hear the whole thing. So we are going to torture you and put you through <laughs> the entire. Are, are you going to sing? Minutes. Are no. you going to sing with the whole thing? Oh, I no, I am not. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing myself. I am not. It's from a musical, so it's very interesting. Uh, <clears throat> what does snazzy mean, anyways? Snazzy? Doesn't I'm snazzy as a Cadillac? Yeah, that part. I'm snazzy. I mean, I'm I'm happening. Like, I'm groovy. Cool. I'm groovy. I'm snazzy, <laughs> Brady man. Bunch. I'm dressed. I'm dressed right for the part. I'm just snazzy. I'm. I'm, I'm going to use I'm, that today. I'm moving that. in the grooving. <clears throat> bop, 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 bop. Snazzy. <laughs> yeah, I think of it as dressed. Yeah, dressed up. Oh, in a okay. Snazzy nice way. And, okay. You got look, your zoot suit on. Yeah, you your look hat. snazzy. Yeah, snazzy. you look snazzy, man. Yeah. There's some snazzy slacks you're wearing there, boy. Snazzy. All day today at work, I'm getting new snazzy. How far back do you think that term goes? 20s? 50s? 30s? Oh, 30s? Probably. Mm, Don't look at me. Maybe maybe 30s? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. The flappers? Maybe? I don't know. The flappers? What is that? You don't know the flappers? Oh, my God. Is that a group? Tell her who the flappers are, Bruce. No, I don't know. Oh. You do. You know what are. He's trying to throw you under the bus. He doesn't want to let on his age. It's a group, isn't it? Well, kind of. It's not an actual like group. It was. It's a social standing of folks. It's like swingers. Well, <laughs> isn't that well, like actually swing dancing? swinging back then was not what it is today. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, was it not during wartime? And they had the flappers that had the, uh, the long skirts. And I thought those were like, the are people, those the flappers? The bagpipes. 
No, not the bagpipe. Oh Jesus! Look at him. Okay, anyways, <laughs> you'd, you'd have to ask my sister. No, they had oh. they had hat, they had tight hats with little little uh, feathers in them, and they had the gold sequined dresses that were kind of tight mm-hmm. and went all the way down. That, to their, that was that and, was the twenties. Yeah, it was twenties. That was the twenties. Oh, the flappers. Girls? The flappers. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, anybody that was dressed like that that would. Do and they go into the swing bars and swing mm-hmm. dance and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's like they, a social they, group. They did a lot of that. What do they call that dance? I just had it. The boogie boogie. Head. No, that. Uh, the Charleston. Yeah. The Charleston. Isn't yeah. it? See now, my head goes to the candy bar. <laughs> I did too. The Charleston Chew. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, help us all today on today's show. <laughs> Marv. Marv, what's happening? <laughs> He just sits over there. It's, I know. It's Mar- not for me to know. <laughs> Mar- Marv, did you know. know any flappers in your day? I no, I didn't. No flappers? Uh, no. Stop it. <laughs> I think it was on the back of the, the he, semi-trucks. He, he's the one that was wearing, he's the, one that was wearing flaps. the zoot suit. He wears no, he wears suit. the spurs. Yeah, he didn't always wear spurs. I think no, zoot suits were cool, man. They had what those is big old honking lapels you could fly away oh. on. I know actually what that is. And Dick Tracy days. Double-breasted. Yeah. It's men's clothes <laughs> called double. I'm not even commenting. Hey. <laughs> it's <laughs> men's <laughs> It's a suit. It's it, that's double That's the one with, like Roger, the movie Roger Rabbit. Yes. 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 Double-breasted. Absolutely. Yeah. Double-breasted yeah. zoot suits. Yeah. Pinstriped, usually. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't get that luxury. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so uh, so before we get into the topic, the topic this week, by the way, is being driven. The tagline is, are addicts and alcoholics responsible for their actions while under the influence? Boy, did we get some people that were really dogmatic about this I on Facebook. I didn't get to read them all. They were like, well, of course, you damn bunch of losers. Of course you're responsible. I'm responsible. I get in a car and I drive drunk. I'm responsible for everything I do. And, and so, well, we may agree with you. We may not agree with you, but we're not going to tell you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to get there. Uh, so being driven. Is there a difference between being driven and actually ha- ha- having the ability to make a choice? Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to be looking. Uh, so those of you who have a big book, if you want to pay, turn to page 62 in the third edition, um, you may want to do that because there's three paragraphs in there that really sum up the entire big book in the problem and the solution. Uh, so we're going to be reading from that. But before we get into all that, um, I want to congratulate my friend uh, Denver uh, Wolf, who was here oh, last yeah. week. Uh, Denver and I uh, were informed uh, no, yesterday. We were informed yesterday that we passed our state Yay. exam Hooray. as peer support specialists. Because you're going to take it that Could, next day, right? Huh? You're going to take it on Tuesday, right? We took it last Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, congratulations to you also. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. That was a trip. Just when you think you can't go back to school and you kind of... You know, surprise yourself. You kept that close to the chest, too. I that, did. Yeah, I did. That's awesome. So we are now li- uh, licensed, certified peer support specialists. And uh, so now we're, we're, we're billable. In other so words, what? we can bill, billable. We can bill hours oh, to insurance companies. That's, oh. that's the rub. That's Wait till you try to learn all those codes. Those are... I've learned oh, some God. of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, 
And, and so, what uh, the when heck is that anyway? That <laughs> no, the your title, peer support specialist. Yeah, like people. Um, yeah, it, it's okay. So you have you have different you have different things. You have is uh, this going to take cer- the whole show? Or? <laughs> well, you asked the question. Yeah. I was going to say Bruce. <laughs> he asked the question. Can I undo it? You, ha- you have LD <laughs> blah blah blah. Know. You got like licensed drug and alcohol counselor. LD and whatever, and you've got CAD, you've got a certified alcohol and drug counselor, you've got uh, licensed interventionist, LIs, you've got peer support specialist, which is, by the way, next to my name now, it says PSS. Uh, can I say one more thing? <laughs> sure. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Or Marv like looked like he was going to pipe up and say something. Yeah. No, see, he's just <laughs> so sometimes silence is best. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> My wife keeps I need telling to learn me that. that. Um, so there, there are certain things that you have to be certified in in order to bill insurance companies. Well, Monty, I'm an amateur brain surgeon, but I haven't been able to bill anybody. Well, you have to get certified. They you have to take a test. <laughs> I wonder if it's because I, my surgeries have been a little lacking. Oh, God. <laughs> He's kidding, yeah. folks. He's yeah. kidding. So bottom line, what it enables you to do is it, 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 not, not just bill for services, but whenever we're present, whenever Denver and I are present in a a treatment setting, those hours that were with the clients can actually be billed to their insurance companies. If you're not certified in one of those areas, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to be certified. Um, it, but it, it's not only that. It also furthers your education. Uh, this certification is good for three years. But in that three years, we have <clears> to keep <throat> up on what's called continuing education credits. Mm-hmm. So we have to continually go back and take courses and, and to keep up. <laughs> With the evolution of addiction treatment, basically. Yeah, because um, things change daily. Yeah, it's like, change. it's like the tax laws. You've got to keep up with yes, them you do. Yes, you do. So yeah. it helps keep us responsible. It helps keep us accountable. And we uh, are in line with SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health um, uh, folks. And uh, there's regulations and state regulations. And, and so now we can do that. And you have to take a, a, a grueling course, and then you have to pass the exam, and you have to renew that every three years. But um, so there, that's that's in there. You have to go with the HIPAA laws too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, peer support. <laughs> you asked. He, he did called, ask. He called his course a a grueling. Grueling. Course. It was grueling. Actually, it wasn't grueling. Well, you figure when you build an insurance, you got ICD-9 codes, you have diagnosis codes, you have all these codes, and if it's coded incorrectly. If it's coded incorrectly, you got to do it all over again. I used to do insurance billing a long time ago. Yeah, it's horrid. And then they redid it to make it better and made it worse. Of course. Of course. We're finding out things about you. Did you hear what she was doing? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, That's no, peer suppo- a peer support specialist is not a court-mandated reporter. They are not. So no, uh, we don't have to follow that procedure. But, we, but however, the organization you work for, if they deem you a court-mandated reporter, which yeah. the organization I work for does, Adult and Teen Challenge, um, and 
they follow HIPAA laws, then you have to follow the HIPAA laws. And yeah. the HIPAA laws are, have to do with confidentiality and all that kind of stuff. That yes. form you send so, every yes, time you go into the hospital, doctors? Yep. Every time. Yep, yep. So every there's time. that. Aren't you, isn't that interesting, Mark? <laughs> Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, I just ride a horse. <laughs> <clears throat> so you got to learn things about the amygdala and the hippocampus and the trunk of the thing. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. There's all sorts of stuff you got to learn. <laughs> Uh, all that, right. that puts new meaning to the terminology. Keep it simple, Stephen. Right. <laughs> Tell me about it. She's <laughs> 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 why we were so good in it because yeah. we love complicating things. <laughs> and then when you're required to by law, yeah, it's no fun <laughs> to serve in the the capacity of, of service you are. In my case, the director of education or the education coordinator at the Adult and Teen Challenge Center. Or trying to keep it simple. <laughs> That's can, why it's can like you keep it's, it's hard keeping it keeping it simple to keep it simple. Yeah, it's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Normies uh, are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh dear me. Uh, anyway, so congratulations to Denver and and uh, yeah, good job, Denver. Yeah. He was really nice. He did really well. Yeah, last he week. did well last week. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be back. He was like you, Marv. He was like the quiet Uh-oh. cowboy, but mm. a wolf. He was a wolf. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Wolfie actually. Wolfie. Spell his name W O L F E. Not only not only are you mad, but you have a reason to be. You're a wolf. Oh gosh! And we also learned that wolves in the wild don't. Liver, yeah, anymore. they get screwed. They don't live very long. <laughs> I thought they were like the top of the food chain, dude. They get killed off. That girl was smart. Um, um, oh god, I can't believe I forgot her name. She's on my Facebook. Please forgive me, I Yolanda. Yolanda, thank you. Yeah, Yolanda was our guest last week. I'll ask 30 more. <clears throat> so that's, that's an unusual name. Uh, I like the the closing song that we're going to listen to is called "Someone Like You," uh, uh, spelled "some" and then the number one like and then the letter "u." Someone like you by Kathy Moser. I so remember you know. that one. And uh, Kath, uh, you can visit her website at kathymoser.com. She's a recovery recording artist, an amazing one by that uh, by by every everybody's opinion. Um, <clears throat> in the recovery recovery recording <laughs> arena, I can't even talk. Uh, so visit her website at kathymoser.com, kathy, M-O-S-E-R.com. You can get all sorts of her music there, and she's got free downloads and everything else. So we're going to be hearing her song at the end of the show. Uh, so when, when we come back, uh, Being Driven will be right after uh, Take 12 Trivia, and uh, we got some really good criminal, criminal oh! trivia for I like you. criminal trivia. Yeah, so don't go away. Check this out. When I got back from Iraq, I just couldn't shake the guilt that I came home and 34 other men did not. There isn't a drink or a drug out there that could touch that kind of pain. Believe me, I tried. But when I heard a Teen Challenge story on the radio, I finally decided to get help. This program did for me what nothing else seemed to be able to do. It gave me hope. Now I can finally move on and live my life in a way that honors those who lost theirs. To locate a Teen Challenge Center near you or for more information, visit TeenChallengeUSA.com. And now... Yeah? It's the Quiz of the Week. Cecil! Yeah. <laughs> Adrian! 
everybody. It's time for K-12 Radio's Quiz of the Week. Sponsored by that recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here's the Monty Dan. Yes, read it. Read it. Go there now. Read it. And like it. Oh, my God. You will read it and you will like it. How come you say trivia and then it says um, quiz of the week? Because that's what a trivia. That's yeah, what trivia he is. Changed it's a quiz. It. He changed it. It's a quiz. It's a <laughs> trivia. Quiz. I've always wondered that. It's I'm... a trivia quiz. No, it's, it's, it's trivia to us. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's quiz to him. <laughs> <laughs> Made me think. See, I always think about food. I think Quiznos. Mmm, <sighs> crunch. So if you get this wrong. <laughs> Of course, you get the fluff machine. If you get it right, you get a little horn there. All right, this is criminal crime drama kind of stuff trivia. <clears throat> In honor of the topic, uh, kind of, sort of. Uh, so number one, for whose death was James Earl Ray responsible in 1968? And here are your choices. James Earl Ray. Was it Martin Luther King, Jack the Ripper, or Ronald McDonald? <laughs> well, because I wasn't born and I have no idea who, I'll just say Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I must represent. I must represent Ronald McDonald. This is a sad, <laughs> sad state of the Sorry. Martin Luther. <laughs> Martin Luther King, what he do you say there? Mar- Martin Luther. Martin Luther King. Uh, Tony, you are so off. <laughs> I didn't know Martin Luther King killed people. Martin Luther King didn't kill people. Isn't that what you said? I said, for whose death was James Earl Ray responsible? Oh, duh. Put on your listening ears. That's why I didn't do good in history. Bruce and Mark got it correct. (laughs) He was on that balcony. We just had Martin Luther King Day. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. (laughs) I'm sure glad Tony's here because now she's getting it. Yes, yes. All right, number two. Which criminal was known as Scarface? Was it Jack Ruby, Al Capone, or Lee Harvey Oswald? Capone. Bruce says Al Capone. What do you say, Tony? Capone. Capone. <laughs> Capone. Capone. You guys are correct. It was Al Capone. I went with him. I had no idea. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Scarface. Uh, number three. What type of person may have been referred to as a cut purse? A cut purse. Here are your choices. A purse thief, a shoe thief, or a pickpocket? Pickpocket. Pickpocket? What do you say, Bruce? I'm going to go with pickpocket, and I've never heard the phrase. Okay. What do you say, Marv? I'll go with the majority. With pickpocket? <laughs> you guys are correct. It is a pickpocket. Yeah. And what's it a called cu- again? A cut purse. Cut purse. person who's a pickpocket is a cut purse. There, there was a movie, and I think a, there, it showed where they sliced it to get it. Hmm. I suppose just, okay, never mind. Yeah, nothing. Peppers. All right, and here's your bonus. Are you ready? Are you ready? Patty. What was the popular nickname given to the known murderer of eight prostitutes in, <gasps> in the East End of London from oh, no, 1887 to 1889? Never mind. I can I I'll, I'll guess. Okay. Here's your choices. Mr. Hyde, Jack the Ripper, our Sweeney Todd. Jack the Ripper. What do you say, Marv? Jack the Ripper. What do you say, Tony? Well, I go with them, but I thought you were first talking about the Green River Killer when you are like, reading that starting out. I nope. Was... Okay. 
Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, you guys are correct. It was Jack the Ripper. Although Sweeney Todd was a very vicious, vicious uh, There's a movie about where him. Where did you yeah, find that, this stuff at? That, I, oh, I, 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 never, was, I have a vault. Was, <laughs> if you was going to say that, I was going to argue. Yeah, no, it was Jack the Ripper. Uh, and uh, there's that there, right? Boy, that was quick. That was quick. I know. That was quick. Well, I get this information from the Monty Man vault. I know. It's a vault. Owned by the Monty Man. I thought, I, I thought you got it from Cecil. Oh uh, yeah. No, Cecil. Cecil gives me suggestions, but I don't always listen. <laughs> kind of like my wife. Oh. Don't always listen. Whoa. Probably should though. <laughs> that totally contradicts what you said last week. Oh, did I say I listened to her? <laughs> well, every week's different. I'm a guy. I change it that all the time. That is the most honest thing I've ever heard in my dang life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear me. Alrighty. Well, that is going to take 12 uh, trivia for this week. Um, All right. So many people feel that an addict or alcoholic in the thrust of his or her illness is not necessarily responsible for their actions while under the influence of mind-altering substances. Some folks would strongly disagree and would like to see people... Uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law when caught under the influence of illegal substances, and still others wish to to decriminalize addiction, calling it a health crisis, not a crime. So lots of opinions are around this stuff. So this uh, leads us to our topic today, being driven uh, with the tagline, are addicts and alcoholics... Uh, responsible for their actions while under the influence of mind-altering substances. And so to start off with, I'm going to give you Webster's definition of driven, first of all. Uh, there's there's three. Uh, number one is operated, moved, or controlled by a, spe- a specific person or source of power. Operated, moved, or controlled by a specific person or source of power. The second one is having a compulsive or urgent quality. Having a what? A compulsive or urgent quality. And the third one is propelled or motivated by something. Propelled or motivated by something. Uh, My favorite is operated, moved, or controlled by a... Specific person or source of power. Yeah, that's my favorite. That, that's my favorite mm-hmm. one. Uh, so that's that's Webster's uh, definition of uh, being driven. And uh, so before we talk about whether a person is responsible for their actions while under the influence, let's talk about being driven and making choices mm-hmm. and what the difference is. So I'm going to I'm going to read this and then we'll refer back to it later as we have this discussion. This comes from page 62 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> it says, "Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity, We step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later 
placed us in a position to be hurt. So, our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and psychological convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in this trauma of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. That is a very, very powerful statement that sums up the problem and the solution. Yes, it does. So if you were to condense everything that was in the big book into describing the problem and the solution, there it is. But the big book's a little tricky in the fact it is that tricky. <laughs> there is a, a lot of times that they give the problem in different words. They do, words. Because, because Bill did that. Yeah. Yeah. But they, if you go on, it might, might not be on the same page, but very close behind that will be the solution. Yeah. He's, he's <clears throat> a real artist at doing that. But that's all on one page. So... The sentence here that is intriguing to me uh, is the second sentence in the first paragraph. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Mm -hmm. So if we go by Webster's definition of driven, it is a powerful, powerful force, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So, Bruce, talk to us about your viewpoint of driven, being driven. Uh, in compared to our addiction? Yeah. Okay. I believe that once the obsession has been locked in, mm -hmm. you have placed yourself beyond human aid. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that now you're being driven <clears throat> by something. And you're being driven by that obsession that crazy idea, no matter how it comes into your head, that this time you'll be able to manage and control that drink and it won't get you in trouble. You'll just have one. You'll just have a six-pack. You won't go out. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whatever that, how it comes out, you're being driven to do that. So you're actually reaching out and taking the drink, but you're being driven by this obsession and this obsession does not conform to reason. Right. So you can't think your way through it. That's how you become powerless and it becomes powerful. So so by that viewpoint, <clears throat> do you believe that when a person is driven like that, they truly are convinced 
this time will be different. They really believe it. Not every time. Not every time. You think sometimes they don't believe it, but they do it anyway because they're driven? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That sounding. is weird. It is weird because it can be both, right? Yeah, I think, but I think both things can be going on. I think they know in the back of their mind that, that something's wrong with this way of thinking, mm-hmm. but they do it anyway. Yeah. So there's a statement that a lot of forensic psychologists use that say, once you know better, you will do better. I don't believe that. I don't know that that's always the case. No, I don't think so either. Just knowing isn't necessarily going to be sufficient to give you the ability to do what you know is the best decision. It's like trying to change habits. Right. You know what I mean? Well, wouldn't that contradict where it said no human power could relieve us from our alcoholism or whatever? Right, because then you're depending on human intellect to, to make the decision. So I don't think what you just said was... See, right. What, so to know, I, I think it's harder. For I think once we what, know better, we have a better chance of doing better. But because maybe we didn't know better before, but yeah. it doesn't give us the power to do better without Ex- God. Exactly. Where I differ from most people mm-hmm. is I don't believe it's the drinking. No, it's the thinking. It's the thinking yeah. that's prior to the drink. Yeah, because this is this this thinking going that's going on. This driven this obsession happens when we're sober, mm-hmm. not when we're. Because once we're once we're intoxicated, there's no obsession anymore. It's been fulfilled. Now that, that, now we have the that's right. the craving going on and stuff. Yeah, yeah. See that the obsession has one job and one job only, and that's going to get you to take that drink. Mm-hmm. So, Marv, have you ever been driven to the point where, even though you knew whatever it was that you were doing was wrong, you just fell into it anyway? I I made a conscious choice. I uh, I remember my last drunk, mm-hmm. and how all the way all the way to the tavern or the bar, whatever you want to call it, I'm saying to myself um, that uh, I I shouldn't be doing this. I mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. Right. And uh, and I just went ahead and did it anyway. Well put, Marv. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here, and in here, in here lies the, the the fine line, the rub, or whatever you want to call it, between the difference between being driven and actually making a choice. That's right. And and so some would say that Marv didn't choose because he was being driven by the obsession, and the tail was wagging the dog, and his car literally turned into the bar. Uh-huh. Others would say what he just said. You know, I'm, I'm going through it. It, you know, I, I know this is wrong, and I do it anyway, and I make a conscious choice. So, which yeah. is it? Which is it, or is it a little of both? I think both things myself can be going on. I think that Marv, because I don't think he's crazy, right? You see what I mean? You see, when he's talking to you, that he did have this conscious, you know, reaction. To, he knew that he was wrong. But I believe there was something driving him to do that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and only well, Mark knows that. Escape. See, only Mark want- knows what that is. Yeah, I was wanting to escape the oh, situation okay. that was going on. But one of the things I was just thinking about while Bruce was talking is um, nowadays, for a lot of us that have been around for a while, we have more information about what's going on, uh, more tools. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, 
I didn't have that information. Right. I, in fact, uh, the bigger book has a, a statement in there that says, there's a way that seems right to a man that the end thereof is the way of death. Oh. And so mm-hmm. to me, it seemed right. It seemed like I had to uh, go uh, get drunk. Well, have a drink. I, <clears throat> I don't think I planned uh, most times to get drunk, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed right because mm-hmm. I had to escape. I had no information on how to deal with whatever it was that was going on at the time. And um, and so that's what I did. So you didn't know that there were options. That all I knew is, like Bruce said a few minutes ago, I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And because I'm self-centered and thinking about myself, all I, all I could come up with was, you've got to do something to escape. Yeah. <clears throat> See, that's that's he's nailing something here, mm-hmm. and we're going out of what you're wanting to talk about into the next section, you know. The right. solution. That there, yeah. yeah. No, not not the solution, but it deeper into the problem. Oh, that the selfish and self-centeredness, mm-hmm. that we think is the root. That's the 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 cause right. of this alcoholism. Mm-hmm. See, this insane decision, that Bill called it now and then, he said that this insanity, step two, that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Mm-hmm. That's that insane thinking that's prior to the drink. It's not the insane thinking we get when we're drinking. And the book is crystal clear, and he's touching on that, and I want everybody to know that, that that's the root cause of what we're talking about here. And, you're, and you spilled it out real well if people were listening. That he was thinking about himself, mm-hmm. and he knew okay, he had to escape. Okay, but doesn't doesn't that really isn't there more to it than that? You bet. I mean, uh, again, without uh, having information back in the day, right? Um, we're born with the sin nature, mm-hmm. right? That's the root of the problem. You betcha. Well, whenever I have family members come up to me and they say they don't understand why we have that obsession. And the only thing close enough I can ever think about, and this is actually what I tell a lot of people, like friends, family, trying to help and everything. I'm like, it's almost the equivalency to telling you to stop breathing. Right. That's how hard that obsession is in your head. You're going to do everything you can to keep breathing. Yes. And so, I mean, yes. it, it's not the best comparison, but it's a very close one. Because if you stop breathing, you're like, I, I want breath. <clears throat> does it does it matter what kind of information we have and what's going on if Marv is right? That that's, we're born with this sin nature, this, mm-hmm. this selfish and self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. That even when we have the information, we're still going to choose this... Uh, uh, this way of living, yeah. if it hasn't become bad enough, because we, we, all we're thinking about is ourselves. Well, that's why there are no normies. Mm-hmm. Because for us, it may be getting in the car when we know we shouldn't be. When we're, I mean, going to the <clears throat> bar, going, "This is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong." And then I got a drink in my hand anyway. 
to somebody else, it, it may be uh, being irresponsible with their finances because that's a way that they escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else may be gossip. I mean, whatever it is, something scream louder than others. But it all comes down to even illness can be traced back to sin in the garden. All illness. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time when that wasn't the case. So, yes, that's where it originated. And, and through the inherent uh, sin nature, that is the root of the problem. That's what spurs forth selfishness and self-centeredness, mm-hmm. is the sin nature. So it's when we know that and we get the information that Marv is talking about and we understand what's propelling us. But now we have to get the information, like Marv said. That's yeah. why it's a progressive thing to, to learn this. Then we can act upon it, but there's only one action. There's not 9,364. The action is, if you're that powerless, if you're going to do this against everything that you want to do, you don't want to, but you want to, and want to wins out, then it's about receiving a power. When you're powerless then you'll understand your need for a power. And, and, uh, but you have to understand that. It's just like yeah. if we were talking in biblical terms, once you understand you need a savior, you're going to seek a savior. Right. Mm. If you don't think you need saving, why would you? Yeah. If you don't think you need a power, why would you seek one? That's right. So, so the Apostle Paul says very clearly, he talks about this. The very thing I don't want to do, I do. The very thing I do want to do, I don't do. Exactly. There's this this battle going on, and then he says, oh, but for what? The grace of God. So God oh, enters yeah, in. Oh, will it save me? Yeah. None but Jesus Christ. None but Jesus Christ. So so there you have the solution to, to the dilemma. Um, so, Tony, what about you? Ever, ever just say to yourself, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm doing this. And do it anyway. And did oh, it anyway? Yeah, every day. <laughs> I mean, when I was drinking, I would be like, "Okay, I'm," you know. And it was weird thing because I, I can actually, I can see it, and I would. Oh, I've never said this before. Okay, so I would go get off work, and I, I can see the road. I can see the route to Kylie's daycare, and right in the middle, right before, was the liquor store. And every day, I said, "No, I'm going to do a new route," but ended up on that same route and not thinking about it just i don't know how i did it and then i pick her up after a swig which is horrible i know so family don't judge i have to be honest with the listeners but it's just uh, i don't know why i did it so if that's the case if if it is true that without the power of god we are incapable of making right choices and we are driven, I'm saying without the power of God mm-hmm. now, now I'm going to move into this other piece. If I am incapable of making the right choice, how in the world am I responsible for the choices I make if I'm incapable of doing that? I honestly That's don't. my question. Yeah. I don't think we're incapable of making the right choice. I think we just like to have the then easy why didn't way you make, out. Then why did you make the right Because did, I wanted to you? take the easy way out. I didn't want but to why do did, the work. Why did you want to take the easy way out? Because I didn't want to listen to what was right. I didn't okay. want to listen to God. Is it possible that you were not capable of listening to God because God wasn't in your life at the time? I battled with that. I think I could have if I really tried to. 
But I think it's just, it was way too overwhelming with well, me at God the time. Well, God said he turned us over to debased minds. Right. So that means we're, we're incapable of it. Without his power. Hmm. Or yes. if we do make the right choice, whether we believe in God or yeah, not, yeah, it is yeah. still by his power that we made the right choice, even if we don't acknowledge him. Well, maybe I had to learn True? a lesson from him. <clears throat> So the question again, Good for you. the question again is if I'm incapable, and I'm still not going to tell you whether what I think about this, if I am incapable of making the right choice, if we believe that, then how can I be held responsible for making because the bad one? Because it doesn't set you free from your actions. Okay. That's what I believe. But there's difference between the consequences of your actions. If, I, if I'm in a house and I do something in one room that causes a, a fire. Right. And I go in the other room and I survive mm -hmm. that fire, but the kids in the back room don't. Right. I'm responsible for my actions that killed those two children. Mm -hmm. And I have to pay the price for it. I believe that that's, that's true. So here's my, here's my thought. And I, and I went over this in my head a million times in the last few days. I think sometimes we are mentally incapable of being responsible. I think sometimes we are emotionally incapable of being responsible. And sometimes we're even spiritually incapable of being responsible. But we are always, always morally responsible. So even though, here, here, here's the scenario. You got a guy who works at a liquor store. Right? The boss leaves on vacation. The guy at the liquor store sells alcohol to his friends who are minors. Right? They're underage. Okay. Illegal. The Alcohol and Drug Association comes along and pulls the license from the liquor store owner. You can't sell alcohol anymore because you violated the law. Did the liquor store owner violate the law? No, but his employee did. His employee did, right? But he he didn't violate the law. He hired him, so he's <clears throat> responsible. But he is responsible. Even though he did nothing wrong himself, he is in a position of responsibility, and he knew that when he applied for his liquor license. He knew that when he hired the guy. So he's taking a risk. Right? You've got to take a risk. So he's taking a risk. And the responsibility of the courts and the liquor licensing board don't put it on the kid. They put it on the owner. So basically, we throw people under the bus to be able to, like, clear us of the actions of ourselves to put it on other people. Because I know I used to do that all the time. If I can throw you under the bus, I'm going to. Oh, sure. Sure, because we don't want to take responsibility. So, of course, he's going to be blamed for the actions of the other person because the other person didn't pipe up and say, I it did it. It doesn't matter. It well, doesn't matter. exactly. He's Even if the kid said, you know what, nobody knows this, but I'm going to confess it because it's getting to me, the owner's still going to lose his yeah. license. Well, go ahead and finish your scenario because so, I'm, so, I'm anxious to so hear in this. So, this, in this case, the guy himself didn't do anything wrong, but he's still responsible. So, uh, morally, legally, ethically... In, in every way, according to the, to the law, he's responsible. So now let's take a guy who gets in the car. He is an alcoholic. He mm -hmm. is driven, and uh, he drinks. 
Now he's under the influence. He would never get in the car in his right mind under the influence, but he's not in his right mind. He gets in the car, and he gets into an automobile accident, and he kills somebody. I'm not sure that's true. No, it happens all the time. It is true. It happens all the time. People get into their cars drunk, and they kill people. Happens every day. Okay. Is that person responsible for the involuntary manslaughter, because that's what it would be considered, of the kid that he killed? Is he responsible? Yes. You bet he is. Mm -hmm. You bet he is. It doesn't really matter that he never intended to kill anybody any more than it didn't matter if the liquor store owner intended to sell to a minor. The fact is, he's responsible. He is responsible. Good point. Whether you directly make the choices or the choices are made for you by the law, you are responsible. Mm-hmm. So both guys are responsible. Now, we don't like that. We want to decriminalize addiction. And I'm all for decriminalizing being an addict. But when you behave and the things you do when you are in your active addiction harm other people, break the law, take advantage of other the whole nine yards, you are morally responsible for everything that you do. I'm glad that you said it like that, that, you know, you're all for, you know, decriminalizing addiction. Right. But not for the actions no. that you take. We have to See, be. you're responsible. If you're not, then yeah. you've got chaos. Yeah, you know, and it says in the Bible, and I don't know why it keeps well, coming up. Well, in a lot of cases today, don't isn't that exactly what we have, regardless of alcohol and drugs? Yeah, you so, bet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Sorry to interrupt. So again. just because, because let's <clears throat> face it, right? For anybody to get up in the morning, sober now, to get up in the morning and make a list, I'm going to kill a child today while driving drunk. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to divorce my wife. I'm going to burn the neighbor's house down. I'm going to do, the list goes on and on and on. For anybody to plan that out, that would we would consider that person insane, right? That would be insanity. And we would be correct. Mm-hmm. That is insanity. The And so nobody wakes up, unless they're a sociopath, planning to do those things. But it doesn't make us any less responsible when we do do those things under the influence or not, we're, we're still responsible. That's right. It doesn't matter because when, when we create, when we do that action and that takes place, then we're responsible for it. Yeah. We get in the car and we drive drunk and we run over somebody, you know. It's on us. It's on us. It's on us. Uh, what, Intentional or not, yeah, it's what, on us. What Marv said really struck a key with me. Is, isn't that where we're headed? We just want to relieve people of the responsibility. Of all of it. What comes into my mind, because we're bringing in biblical terms, is that God reigns on the just and the unjust. Yes. You're not going to get out of this world without paying for what you've done. And now listen, now this might, this was for another program. We're not going to be able to talk about this much, but we're all going to be cold before Christ and be judged. Amen. All of us. Amen. The only difference is those goes between <coughs> goes before the great white throne 
and the one that goes before the Bema seat. Mm-hmm. Now, we can have a, a show on that you know, <laughs> yeah. later on because yeah. that really is. So, but we're all going to be judged. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Across this nation, there are, there are courts that deem a person uh, criminally insane or their actions they're not responsible for because of their thinking was one way or another. And they're remanded to maybe a mental health facility for treatment or uh, something happens where they are not prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because they're deemed not thinking properly. Like the one that shot Reagan. Right. Exactly. Ooh. He's a, probably the, the greatest example we can use. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, if, he was out there trying to kill this man and didn't kill him and shot him, got him mm-hmm. under the arm, I think it was. And uh, yet he's in the criminally insane. So there are people out there that would say, I don't care if the guy was born wired so badly that he can't make right decisions or whether he actually made, did some things in his life that brought him to where he chose to make those wrong. They, they need to lock him up and throw away the key. What do you say to that? I'm not, I've never come to discuss that, but I don't think that that's what we should do. You know, I think that he's paying for his punishment mm-hmm. for what he's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think as long as they keep an eye on him, you know. What do you say, Mark? Well, I think there's uh, more to be added to the question. Mm. Um, it just struck me, you know, in Romans, Paul Paul said that those things that were written, and these are my words, uh, before are for our learning, therefore our uh advantage our education yeah for learning okay so if you look at the old testament and what they did with those kinds of actions that uh we're talking about is they killed them there was no ands ifs or buts so the other part of the question is is how much is god's grace involved in today's world compared to the law, the Hebrew law, um, and how much are we to uh, balance that out? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, like we talking about, we got all kinds of extremes. Well, he didn't mean to do that. He was drunk. Right. You know, and then you got the other side. Well, he killed three people in a car accident. Let's execute him. You know, where where is that balance? Right. Right. And I think many times it, it, the, the, the outcry is fueled by frustration, fear, anger, uh, especially if it was something that happened in your own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's understandable, you know. Um, so let, let's, let, let's, let's turn the table here for a minute. So you get the gal that has gone to the frat house and has drank too much, right? Mm-hmm. She went there knowing she was going to get drunk. She's going to party with her girlfriends. And then we're going to party on. And, man, I'm going to get snuckered. All premeditated. She's going to go do it. She gets drunk. She gets so inebriated that she gets raped. Is she responsible for being raped? Hmm. Chew on that one. Yeah. (laughs) 
a hard question to answer. It uh, can it be answered? Is isn't it possible that she's responsible for putting herself in a mm-hmm. position where that would happen? That's I I I, I think that's true because I, I somewhat had a scenario like that. Yeah. So. I have to look at both sides. Yeah, I did premeditate to go there, but yeah, that did happen too. So it's. Uh, and I'm not saying it, that's oh, no, right. No, 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 right. no. I know, I know. It's just uh, you have to look at your own actions after a while mm-hmm. and be like, <laughs> yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yes, I put myself in there. No, I didn't deserve that. But that—that's it right there. Exactly. You, ju- you just it's hit the it. but. You just and hit- it's taken me. Just my recent force of like two years ago to realize that his actions were wrong, but I put myself in that situation. Yeah, so that's it. You are responsible for putting yourself in a vulnerable Mm -hmm. situation, but you did not deserve to be raped even if you were. Well, and that's why I didn't do any charges because in the back of my head, I knew that I I already went there. Right. I think God God gives us that ability, and I think there's. Oh, gosh, how am I going to say this? But not everybody's going to think that way, though. And there are people that will say, well, she deserved it because she put herself in that position. And And I'm telling you, nobody deserves that. I don't care what position they put themselves in. Now, do you take responsibility? Well, you know, maybe I ought to stop hanging out at frat parties and getting drunk with the guys if Mm -hmm. I want this to discontinue. Yes. But did you deserve that? No. Mm -hmm. No. No, and I know that now. And t- on what Marv said about the, the, before we switched over, about the second question to that, to the God part. Right. I, I, it's hard to answer that because now nothing, in, no like state or federal or whatever, like law situations allows God in the building I, anymore. And so it's hard to compare the two because they will never answer that question. I have a question mm. that comes out of your question that I'd like to ask is that when we're talking about the Old Testament, aren't we talking about people that were looking to the cross? And so they are, we're taking these actions, but now we're on the other side of the cross and we're, we're not going by those laws. I mean, yeah, by those Paul, laws. Paul said they were written for our instruction, mm. that we weren't to disregard Right. Uh, at mm. least that's kind of the way I see it now. Maybe I'm way off. No, we're not. No, 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 no. And that. that's so true because um, I'm asking because I don't know. <laughs> but in, in any type of setting, they'll say that's like a violation of something, and so they won't go on. Oh, so that. they're not going to listen to that. Yeah, yeah, they, they're not they going to listen to that. that. But yeah. you're you're 100 percent right. They should. Yeah. Well, see, I believe in capital punishment too, where a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe in capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so they did in the Old Testament too. Very, mm-hmm. they did strictly. <laughs> I mean, they, and my, you know, and if you want to, you know, and that's that's a whole other topic. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you something for people, for Christians particularly, that say that um, you know God, you, God stopped striking people dead in the Old Testament and New Testament. He didn't do that. Well, you need to read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. And these are two people. That uh, they had they had some money, mm-hmm. and basically the story goes they had some money, and a bunch of people got together, and and God needed people to kind of pitch in to help, and all sorts of people pitched in, and they said they pitched in more than they actually did, That's... and they got confronted, and they lied about it, 
it wasn't that they were bad people. It wasn't that they didn't pitch in. It wasn't all, but they lied about what they gave and boom, the husband dropped dead just like that. And it said, it said, it said that he lied to the Holy Spirit and he was killed by God. And then the wife comes in and some people say, well, she was so shocked by the fact that her husband died that she had a heart attack. No, it happened to her too. Because they were partners in crime, they lied to God, and he said, I'm not going to have that. Mm. And boom. So don't you think for a minute that grace will cover your sorry little face every time you make a conscious decision to go against mm. morals. Yeah. You will pay the consequences, mm. and you are responsible. And I yeah. am so tired of addicts and alcoholics whining and complaining because they're in lockup. When they put themselves in lockup, yeah. driven or not, you did it. Mm-hmm. Now move on, deal with the consequences. Now you know better. Now find some tools so you can do better and start to depend on God so you have the power to do that. So let's back it up just for one quick second and go to what Tony said. You know, when you learn through this period of time and looking yeah. at yourself and the suffering of these addictions, you learn to do a thing that's very unusual, and that's to take your eyes off of everybody else that you're saying was the fault of these things, society and, you know, and the jail and the judge and <clears throat> your friend for for getting you involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all their fault and it's not yours. <clears throat> for the they, We do a very funny thing at that point. We stop looking at them and take a look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're able to take an honest look at yourself, then you see your part. Mm-hmm. And you're responsible for that. That's why you don't get cut loose. Mm-hmm. That's why, driven or not, that you pay the price. Yeah. Because you'll find somewhere in the past where you've made a decision based on self that placed you in that place. Yep. And that's how my yep. sponsor yep. did my fourth step each and every time we do it. I have to do the columns, but I have to do my part. And it's important yeah. to do it that way because <clears throat> then you learn a lot about yourself. Sometimes you need God now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All the time you need to, God. To take a look at this. Especially with yeah. self-inventory. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that until you believe that there's some sort of higher power to actually do your fourth step correctly. Good and keep you. doing it over and over and over again. Because there's always going to be something that pops up that you either God wasn't ready for you to work on or you weren't ready to work on. Right, right. So, And Marv, I still love what you said about that God part. I wish they would be fair like that. So one of the big problems that we have in today's society is people are not held accountable for their actions. We And it starts very young. And it's a parent's favorite phrase, so the parent doesn't have to deal with it. It's next time. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Well, next time you do that. Well, next time you do that. And the next time they go, well, next time you do that. And the excuse is, well, to punish them for that or discipline for that right now. Well, you know, it's their birthday. We put up we put up the stop signs. And then when they run them, there's no consequences. Right. It's not the right time. So <laughs> their birthday or it's Christmas. or You know, they did have that field trip they didn't want to go on. So we're not, And so we use every excuse under the sun because we don't want to be inconvenienced as parents to discipline our children yeah. and then we grow we we end up raising a bunch of kids that they don't understand consequences because they were never taught and here's another show oh well he I never did, did that because of Tyler. the way his father treated him 
<clears throat> you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is the I'm getting myself personally tired. And it's not that those things don't have a profound effect upon a person's life, but we can't keep using that as an excuse to go on. Right. And people want us to change our conduct or our thinking way of thinking on that. And I think that's impossible unless we have the grace of God, unless we have right. this new life that we, you know, we get from God and we're, we're using that to take an honest look at ourselves. I, all these things happen to us. Marv is a really good example of this. He's had some horrific things that's happened to him in his life. But there comes a point in time when he knows that they played a part, but he's looking for the part that he played. I don't think a lot of parents can do that either, too. That's the hard part. Because I have a person... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's situations at... We'll call them Tim and Allison. Okay. Um, Tim is learning the father role, and Allison is... Still in the, I'm not going to listen to you because I've never had consequences. And now it's blowing up in his face. So, so you know, you take a kid, for instance, that never had a consequence. It, it, that's what I'm talking and, about. And, and they show up at a job. Mm-hmm. And they decide, today I'm not going to go to work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call in. I'm not going to go to work. That's not, it's not their fault. They were never given any consequences. And then they're shocked when they get fired. Yeah. Well, and then they don't know they were never, you know, and so it's our risk. Here, here we go back to responsibility. Mm-hmm. We have a heavy duty responsibility as people of sobriety, people uh, in the recovery community, people who have learned better and have acted better to model that. But it's in all walks of society. It's not just in recovery. Or no, I know. But it's a recovery show. That's why. I was oh, yeah. Going, OK. Yeah. yeah. But yes. So and part of part of the problem. The way I see it, and maybe I'm oversimplifying a little bit, is the exact people you've been talking about. Next time, next time, next mm-hmm. time. Right. They're the ones running our schools. You betcha. In our courthouses, judges, lawyers. They're the same people now. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. So, so we are in quite the mess. So, having having said all that, let's read this one more time. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows. Stop right there Mm -hmm. and see every one of those things are self. Self, self, self. Self, self, self. self. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. Mm -hmm. So, our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. It's on us. Mm Mm-hmm. It's on us. I am the only one that can take responsibility for the pickle that I got myself in. And if I'm not willing to do that, at the very least, not willing to consider it, then I'm probably not going to change. I love to blame the girls that I got involved with. But it was me, you know, and and what I wanted, and I got involved with them. Yeah. 
And me how, too. If, when I, if, if this was all about me, and it was, uh, the relationship didn't have much of a chance to make it at the, as it was. <laughs> there was a relationship. You know, but yet I blame them. I know. I, I, no, I get it. I get it. I, 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 we're here. Trust me, Bruce, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different show. <laughs> It would be a good show, though. I think it's this one. I think yeah. it's, it's, it yeah. feeds right into the narrative. So, uh, we are driven. We make choices. Was I driven? We're incapable of making choices because we're driven. We're driven to making choices. It goes back and forth, back and forth. Ultimately, however, do alcoholics and addicts hold responsibility to their behaviors while under the influence? Absolutely, 100%, unequivocally, yes. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, that has nothing to do, by the way, with decriminalizing addiction. Mm-mm. Having an illness is not a criminal offense. I'm diabetic. Nobody arrests me for that. Yeah. But if I'm robbing grocery stores to get candy bars because my sugar level's down, I'm going to jail. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so we are at the end of the show, and uh, please uh, listen to our, our co-host here tell you about how to tune in and how to get a hold of us. Tony? You can listen and download all of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on the Listen Online button or subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Podomatic and download our app for iOS or Android. Being a member of Podomatic is free, and when you become a member of our Podomatic site, you can comment on the shows, click on the like button, and we ask that every time you tune in, click on the follow button. This helps with our demographics, and we can see your gorgeous faces and see who's enjoying the show. You can also visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Monty Meyer for hundreds of archive shows. All these methods and more are available at take12radio.com. Bruce, how can they get a hold of us? Well, if you'd like to send us an email and tell us what you like or don't like about the show, you can do that by emailing us at take12radio at comcast.net. Absolutely. So bottom line, uh, here's Sammy Davis Jr. to tell you what we think about this topic. Ready? Here we go. (laughs) Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. There you go. (laughs) Talk <laughs> to the crime if you can't do the time. All right, uh, the closing song. This this is kind of uh, this is a ballad, and you got to listen really close to this because she moves quick through this stuff. Uh, this is uh, my good friend Kathy Moser, and uh, you can visit her website at kathymoser.com for m- more recovery music from her. Uh, this is called Someone Like You. To be true that the only one who could save this world was you Furthermore, that every time that you help somebody else The one you end up helping the most is actually yourself It's like love, like laughter, you can't measure these things Just dream every dream and grow really big wings Cause there's no getting out, baby, where you gonna go? 
This is the only world that you and I are ever gonna know. So why not make it someplace that we actually wanna live? We make a living from what we get, but we make a life from what we give. In the world, the world, she's down on her knees, right outside that door, begging somebody, please. Bust a move, make a stand, come on, there's so much to do. What the world needs now is someone, someone like you. I know it's a hard world to stay awake and alert. There's so much pain, there's so much fear, there's so much darkness, so much hurt. Please, please, stay strong, stay alive, stay real. Build a castle from your friends. Go tell people how you feel. Is your emotion? It's like fuel by by dust, like gasoline, and you could use it to drive an awesome. World-changing machine, but that same emotion, that same emotion. You keep that locked down inside, and that gasoline is gonna burn you alive. That's the cutting, that's the huffing, that's the drinking, that's the dope. That's what we do when we feel like there's no hope. But it's a big fat lie. You and I've been told that there's nothing we can do. That this whole deal's remote controlled. But the world, the world. Right outside that door, begging somebody, please. Cost a move, make a stand. Come on, there's so much to do. What the world needs now is someone, someone like you. Listen, kindness—it's so simple, but it's so seldom heard. And we've got kids dying in schools for one encouraging word. There's a reason, there's a power, there's a gift to being kind. What if someone had just been really nice to those two kids from Columbine? 'Cause the kids that don't fit in are gonna save the day. What we need right about now is people who could think some different way. And the kid who finally cracks the code and hands us all the cure for cancer is gonna have the mind of a freak, baby. That's how they'll find the answer. It's Bob, Yahoo, Amelia Earhart, Dr. King, Van Gogh, Anita Franco, Einstein, Edison, and Michelangelo. Yo, so. What if it turned out to be true that the only one who could save this world was you? 'Cause there's no getting out. Where are you gonna go? This is the only world that you and I are ever gonna know. In the world, the world, she's down on her knees. She's right outside that door, begging somebody, please take your heart in your hands. Just go. One thing change. Once you do, I promise you, you will never be the same. Become a living example of what somebody had in mind when they named our species humankind. Must have moved, make a stand. Come on, there's so much to do. What the world needs now is someone, someone like you. Yes, it's true. You know we do. Someone like. What the world needs now is someone, someone like you. Candy Moser, someone like you. Listen, you may be the only Jesus somebody sees. God may be calling you to be that someone like you, to carry his word, to carry his hope. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with our co-host, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Oh, yeah! Make that call!
be black. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>